We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. <laughs> I think we ain't done yet, guys. Uh, the Rams are going back to the Super Bowl. First time since not that long ago, <laughs> but it feels like it's been a long fucking time. Uh, I'm Steve Rivero here with the Budding Heads Podcast, part of Rams Talk Radio, proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Here with Johnny Gomez. Uh, full disclosure, guys, Derek was supposed to do the podcast tonight, and he had to call out sick late. So Johnny and I have been out. Uh, we have been hydrating, uh, and I'm going to continue to hydrate during this podcast. Uh, so this should be a fun one, but Johnny, we finally fucking did it, man. Six straight losses to the 49ers. The seventh time is the charm. A 20-17 to 17 victory. Never a doubt. <laughs> They're going to the Super Bowl. How are you feeling, man? This is great. I'm feeling fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and just to add to Steve's uh, PSA there, uh, yeah, this is going to be a very vulgar podcast, so if you get easily offended by foul language, um, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Derek should be back tomorrow, uh, so if you're looking for his, you'll get it tomorrow, but man, we can leave you guys empty-handed on, on going to the NFC Championship night. Uh, this is wild. I, I don't know about you, Johnny. I did not feel confident about this game for a long time. Uh, and if you guys are going to drag me for being a negative Nancy as I was on Twitter the whole game, so be it. We're scarred. Uh, this team has given me plenty of reason to be scarred for a long time. Not as much in the last couple years, but they did it for a long time. And especially against the 49ers. It just felt like this game was going the way... The 49ers needed it to go to win. You know, we were making some mistakes, uh, a lot of self-inflicted wounds, and they weren't playing that great either, but they were hanging around. Uh, they weren't really making a lot of mistakes, and so it just felt like a game that they would win, um, honestly. like, and, and as soon as they went up 17-7, to it was like, oh, my God. Like, this does not feel like a game where we're going to score enough points to beat them. But they did. <laughs> they fucking did. And honestly, it's a kind of game because, like, I didn't think they were going to win for a long time. And then after they forced a three and out uh, and they got the ball back with six and a half minutes left, I felt like they were going to win for sure. And as soon as they kicked a field goal, took up all their timeouts with, what, a minute 48, I had absolutely no faith Jimmy Garoppolo was going to drive down the field and beat us this week. None. And they did it, but... <laughs> 
no matter the, you know, we could sit here and talk about the mistakes they made, how this should have been an easier game. I'm just happy to get this fucking chip off our shoulder. We beat the 49ers finally. And the NFL fans rejoice because you don't need to get watch Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl again. You're going to get an actual exciting team. Uh, but, I mean, I do feel watching this game. It, this game t- it was very stressful for me, and I really didn't feel like they were going to win it for a long time. Uh, I was on edge the entire time. Like, and and this was probably the most I've ever texted Steve during a game uh, because it, there was so many frustrating aspects to this game because I feel like the Rams, uh, in, in some aspects of the game, they handled the 49ers very, very well. But in a lot of aspects of the game, they were having so many self-inflicted wounds that it, it was just so frustrating that I couldn't help but, you know, bitch and complain to Steve. And I'm sure Steve was – I was getting on Steve's nerves because I was just complaining so much. No, I, but, was, I was a negative Nancy during this game for sure, dude. You were not the only one. Uh, I mean, it, 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 in the end, though, I mean, it, it, it showed how – even though there was some self-inflicted wounds and stuff that can't happen in the Super Bowl game, um, I I think that the Rams stopped the 49ers in probably the most important aspect, which we'll get into in a little bit later, and that's their ground game. But um, overall, like it, it was such a intense game, like it was to the point like. Um, I, I had been drinking, obviously, all, all day long. And, um, you know, our family, you know, made some uh, made some food. And I didn't want to touch a bite of it until the game was over. It was it was so intense. I didn't want to miss a second. And uh, yeah, I even had like a supernatural occurrence. Uh, <laughs> where, okay, you like, got to expand on that. Yeah, so, so check this out. So... As the Rams were, you know, getting back into the game, you know, they had just scored a touchdown, uh, you know, so it was 17 to 14. And so, like, I'm, I'm, like, reaching back and forth to to my phone because everyone and their mom was texting me about how the 49ers were dominating the Rams. So, you know, I'm texting back and forth and I'm reaching back. And my margarita glass, I, I barely tapped the glass and it shatters. Damn. Keep in mind, I'm not holding the glass. I didn't like, I, I didn't like punch the glass or anything. I barely tapped it, and it like fucking exploded. And I ended up like scratching the shit out of my hand. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen? So, and, and I don't even know what to do at this point. Do I do I pick up the shards of glass that are on my floor, or do I sit there and root like hell because the Rams just scored a touchdown? Damn, man. I And to to this moment, I still have no fucking idea how this glass breaks after I just touched it. Uh, but, hey, I, I don't care. The Rams the Rams won. The, the Rams won. They won, man. They won. Uh, it, it was a hard-fought victory. To, came down to the wire, but they did it. And, you know, we've said this after divisional losses. We've said it after divisional wins. These games are always dirty. They're always tough. They never go the way you expect them to go. Usually we don't play these games in the NFC Championship, but here we are, best division in football. 
playing the 49ers again, and man, I thank God they won. I don't know. I don't know if I could have taken another loss to this team. Not not with the stakes this high. Oh, I, I would have. I, I I had plenty of shots of tequila right after the game, but I would have been having some tequila for a much different reason because I would have gotten hell. I, I was getting held throughout the entire game until the Rams started winning, which was pretty <laughs> much the last fucking minutes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> let, let's go through the box score here. I usually take notes on these games. I didn't tonight. I wasn't preparing to do this. Um. But. 25 first downs for the Rams versus 16 for the 49ers. 396 total yards on offense versus 282 for the Niners. Um, 326 passing versus 232 for the Niners. And 70 rushing versus 50 rushing for the Niners. I mean, you're right. I didn't even really process that, uh, you know, watching the game in real time, not really trying to analyze it. Uh, not, I didn't have my podcast hat on. I just had my fan hat on. 50 rushing yards for the 49ers. If you lose and you give a 50 rushing yards to the 49ers, I, like I don't, I wouldn't even know what to say to that. Uh, that that is the recipe to beat this team uh, is to let them beat you through the air, and they couldn't because their quarterback is bad and the rushing game is great. And when you hold them to 50 yards, you hold Elijah Mitchell to 11 carries for 20 yards. Uh, you don't fully contain Debo Samuel, but you do it enough outside of one play. That's how that's how you get a victory in this game, and uh, I, I'm glad you called it out. But yeah, that's an incredible, incredible performance from this defense. And I have, I think I spent the whole game complaining about Troy Reader not being able to tackle fucking anybody, but to hold them for to good fi- reason, <laughs> yeah, for good reason. Uh, but to hold them to 50 yards on on the ground, man, that's an incredible achievement against one of the the most efficient run offenses in the entire league, and with good players too. It, it is a system. But Mitchell's a good player. Debo is obviously one of the best offensive players in the league. Uh, there's a lot of weapons, and, and shout out to them, man. They they finally stepped up and contained this team on the ground once and for all. Yeah, I mean, if you really look at the, the which Steve is gonna read off in a in a minute after I shut up, but um, when when you really like dissect what actually happened offensively for the 49ers, I I mean. They they obviously had good enough, you know, plays to to get seven seventeen points, but um, you know, it wasn't that successful of of a offensive game for them, uh, especially on the ground game, which, as Steve mentioned, is is kind of their bread and butter. You know, this is something that the Forty ers are absolutely known for, and not not gonna lie, that was my biggest concern going into the game: can the Rams stop them? on the ground and, and and clearly they were able to you know big major kudos to guys like Ashawn Robinson that absolutely clogged the the holes on on the offensive line like they there was just a lot of times nowhere to go and mainly what what allowed them to kind of go downfield wasn't the ground game it was mainly uh Garoppolo throwing the ball you know getting him to his receivers mostly Jennings and and Debo but uh yeah, uh, overall, I, I think solid performance for the run defense. It's uh, a major reason as to why the Rams win this football game. Yeah, it, it, and like the run defense was great. And what, what was frustrating early in the game was, you know, you like if you're playing a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, you either need to 
pressure his ass and make him perform under pressure or not pressure him hard because you're so confident that your secondary is going to be able to beat the 49ers skill players and make him actually make decisions with time that you, like, you're just confident you're going to get stops. And they weren't doing either for a while. Uh, and Jimmy was not playing too bad for a bit. Um, and so that was really frustrating early on. But when push came to shove, man, the pass rush showed up and won the game, which is great to see. Other team stats in this game, penalties. The 49ers had six for 54 yards. The Rams had two for 10. I saw a lot of people complaining about a lack of calls early in the game. Uh, the the hit by Fred Warner on Stafford was obviously egregious, and it was a bad no call. I don't really think that would have changed the game because the interception still would have happened. Um, I think they would have called that a, a block in the back more than a rough in the passer. Was there? Am I am I just blanking on any other like big calls they missed? I feel like people were really vocal about the officials in this game, and there were some missed calls. But I feel like there were missed calls on both sides. So there was a a couple of of missed calls in this game that went against the Rams, uh, particularly like the one you were talking about uh, the, against Stafford. There was plenty of of. Uh, uh, holding calls that weren't called, but I, I feel like that's a normal, that's a normal game against the Rams. Like yeah, you that's just, every week. You, you're, you're not going to get those calls. And, and you'd think by now that, that we'd be used to that, but apparently we're not. Uh, I think just because it was a high stakes game, but yeah, I, we, we really shouldn't have, we, we really shouldn't say that because honestly there was, there was a couple of terrible calls that went against the 49ers as well. Albeit maybe not as bad, but it, it it wasn't enough. Like if the Rams lose this football game, I'm not blaming it on the refs. There there was so many things you could blame it on, but the refs wasn't one of them. Yeah, and, yeah, and I mean they you know they missed a helmet to helmet call that should have gone against Ben Skoranek. Uh but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a crazy bad officiating game. Obviously, the the Warner call sucked because it was a very dirty hit. But um, I was glad they picked up the flag when they initially called the unnecessary roughness or helmet to helmet on Nick Scott against Debo, which was a, a, one of the cleanest hits I've ever seen. So glad they picked it up there. Rams won the time possession thirty five to twenty four in this game. I feel like they don't do that often against San Francisco. Great to see, and only one turnover apiece. And both were game-changing turnovers for sure. Uh, well, let's go to the players. Matthew Stafford, 31 of 45, 377 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, sacked twice. Uh, 61.9 QBR, 96.3 QB rating. You know, it was a it was a solid game for Stafford. He he, he missed a bit early. Um, the he he got a a gift on the dropped interception against Van Jefferson and, and Jalen Ramsey did return the favor later uh, by dropping a couple of his own, but he got a gift there. The interception he threw, he throws it a couple inches to the left and it's probably a touchdown, but it wasn't like, it was not nearly the worst interception he's had and it probably shouldn't have been intercepted. It was a really good defensive play to get the tip up. Uh, it, it wasn't a risky throw. I would say that that shouldn't have been a risky throw. It was, it was a not. A, I don't want to call it a fluke interception, but that is not a normal interception. Uh, and I mean, just the guy never quits. He's never afraid to take shots. He's always making play. He ran really hard in this game. 
Picked up a lot of hard-fought first downs, though not on the QB sneak. Um, but I've, I'm so happy he's here. This is the, the one-year anniversary of the trade. To win this game, money well spent. No matter what happens from here on out, I think we can officially say 100% that trade is worth it. This is our guy. He has elevated the team. He's elevated the offense to a level that, unfortunately, his predecessor could not at this stage in his career. Uh, and, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and rag on the guy. Wasn't his best game. Far from his worst game. He got it done. Uh, he came up when it mattered. And to me, that's all that matters. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, so the the thing about Matt Stafford, while he um, it, it may have not been his best performance of the year, uh, but to tell you the truth, I thought he did a pretty good job overall. And, and if you look at that interception, like maybe it wasn't a hundred percent on target. But it, it was just a really good defensive play. I really can't fault him for that. It's frustrating in the moment, but it, it's not something you can really um, – like, it, again, if the Rams lose this game, do I pin the loss on that interception? No, I don't. It it, it hurts, but it it wasn't, it wasn't uh, devastating enough, and it wasn't really Matt Stafford being careless with the football. It, it was just a damn good play, and sometimes – you got to give it up to the defense, you know, as much as your offense, you, you believe in them, especially the Rams offense, you, you believe uh, in them with your heart and soul, but you know, sometimes defenses just make damn good plays. And that's exactly what happened in that instance. But overall, like, you know, there was quite a few drop passes in this game that in my opinion, that frustrated me more than that interception. I can live with the interception, but I can't live with with uh the ball being placed right in the hands you know yeah there was there were some that you know like that that tough catch uh or i guess in this case non-catch by odell um early on it, it was frustrating but it wasn't exactly on target it was behind him i can live with that when you have cooper cup had a had a very critical uh drop pass i mean obviously you forgive cooper cup because hell he he's a big reason why the Rams are going to the Super Bowl in the first place. But when you have the ball in your hands with nobody else around you in the end zone on a fucking devastating drive, 
with Ben Skoranek, that's that's when it pisses you off like no ends. Like that's like being stabbed with a knife and somebody twisting it because it's right there. It's in your hands. Now, to be fair, he is a rookie. He is not typically a guy that you want out there to begin with. But, um, you know, obviously the Rams are, are hurting a little bit. Van Jefferson wasn't even sure he was going to be a go in this game, but, you know, he somehow made it on the field, but clearly he wasn't a hundred percent. And then of course, Robert Woods isn't on the field. So yeah. And, and uh, the numerous other guys, um, like Tutu Atwell, I'm not sure if he would have been on the field anyway. Uh, or, or, Listen, uh, man, I will say this. Tutu would have scored a touchdown on that play. I'll fucking I think say so it. too. I'll die uh, on that uh, hill. I caught a lot of slack for this play on Twitter because I just immediately, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I immediately just started shitting on Ben Skoranek. Um A lot of people rightfully called out, like, because I was like, oh, you guys are shocked Ben Skoranek dropped that. Uh, why are we blaming him? We know who it is. We know what this guy is. And a lot of people rightfully were like, he's a wide receiver. His job is to catch the ball. He could have just caught the ball. And my uh, bait tweeted at Rams Twitter legend bait tweeted at me at that. And I was like, if you called your plumber anytime uh, you needed help, you know, plumbing your house and he just flooded your bathroom, you know, you call the plumber to fix something, you just flood your bathroom. Would you keep fl- calling him? Because that's how I feel like calling plays for Ben Skoranek is. Do we really think he's going to score on a fucking fade route? He's a seventh-round pick who's basically a tight end, and we're throwing him fades in the playoffs. Of course he drops it, dude. He looked like he lost the ball in the sun when it was nighttime. Like, of course he fucking (laughs) didn't come up with the ball. He's not good. He's and and it, like I'm not I'm not trying to unfairly drag him like he's a seventh round pick, he is the size of a tight end. He's not fast. He should not be the guy this play is dialed up for. You have Van Jefferson. You have Odell Beckham. You have Cooper Cup. Uh, I saw I saw Blaine Grissick tweeted out that you know if Robert Woods was healthy, that would have been him or Horror Odell. Doesn't matter if he's healthy. This shouldn't have been Ben fucking Skoranek, dude. Why is he the guy you're dialing up that play for? Uh, I he should he have caught the ball? Of course he should have caught the fucking ball. But should we expect him to catch the ball? No, he's not good. <laughs> so I I mean I I hear you I hear you on a, on a lot of that, but I think it, it it all dials down to the same thing: is our our depth chart is is gassed like we we really don't have a depth chart at wide receiver at the moment we have obviously cooper cup and odell and they're gonna do their thing but behind them you have a banged up van jefferson and who's the fourth guy ben skoranek you really don't have any other options unless you go to the practice squad and maybe pick up somebody else there but i mean but why that's is even he- risky why is he the guy running this route? Why is it not Van Jefferson? Why is it not Odell? Uh, you know, I like I get he like either if you're using him as a decoy, nobody's gonna believe you, and I guess that's why he was open. Uh, but like, come on, man! I can like listen. I'm not gonna act like I can actually speak to this from experience, but I played high school football. I was a starter at receiver, and I was not good at all. I was just a fucking body out there. They never threw me the ball. 
I can assure you they never called this kind of play for me, nor would they have ever thrown me the ball on it because I was just the guy out there because there was nobody else, which is what Ben Skoranek is doing. You could have ran this play for somebody else. Uh, ultimately, we won the game, whatever. It is what it is. But, like, I just – I didn't expect him to make that play. I, You know, to tell you the truth, I when, when the ball was in the air – I because because he was all alone, like there was seriously nobody nearby, like that this this was his ball and, and his to lose, which he did. But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, he did. He's an NFC champion. Champion. We can drag him. <laughs> uh, I'm also well, officially. I'm calling off the Ben Skoranek jersey ban. I'm never buying one. I don't care what happens. <laughs> unless unless what he is- scores like two touchdowns in the Super Bowl, I'm not buying one. God, I hope he gets two touchdowns. I, I fucking hope he gets if he, two If touchdowns. he scores genuinely, if he scores in the Super Bowl, I actually will buy a jersey. But if he doesn't, that's the end of the bet. That's it. <laughs> Not even next year? No, no. It's over after this year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know whose jersey you could potentially get still? Kendall Blanton? Kendall fucking Blanton. What a, what a guy, man. Five catches, 57 yards, filling in for Tyler Higby, who got injured. We spent we spent all these fourth-round picks on tight ends or fake tight ends over the last couple of years. And Kendall Blanton is the guy who shows up and is actually useful. Uh, he played great. You know, when it felt like we were going to lose a game, I put out on Twitter, I was like, you can't blame Tyler Higby being out for this loss. Because no. Kendall, Kendall Blanton's playing great. Uh, he played a great game. Dare I say they don't win without him? Like, if that's Bryson Hopkins, we're not winning the game. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, point blank, we don't win this game without Kendall Blanton. He may not have scored a touchdown this time around, but, I mean, he he made some crucial, crucial conversions. And on top of that, you, it's real easy to kind of, you know – go away against the tight ends throwing it to the tight ends because obviously your your starting tight end and Tyler Higby is out so it's real easy to think that Stafford wouldn't throw to uh Kendall Blanton but you know what um you got to give a major kudos to this guy because this is a guy that has bounced off and on the roster year in and year out and and I guess a kudos to Sean McVay for seeing his potential and, you know, the, every year it seems like the Rams are drafting tight ends to, uh, for whatever reason, because, you know, clearly we don't have any other needs. But um, <laughs> so after all of that, this is a guy that goes undrafted. You never know if he's going to stay on the team. He comes in in a, you know, in a major pinch because of all of the injuries. And he essentially helps get the Rams to become NFC champions. That's a fucking legend right there. He's he's the one that deserves you to get to his jersey. Yeah, it's just, it, it, if they win the Super Bowl, I honestly might buy a Kendall Blanton jersey. I remember uh, before the last one, I bought like the official like Rams jersey with uh, the Super Bowl patch on it. I bought Greg Zerline because uh, he got us there. I, I might buy that Kendall Blanton jersey, jersey regardless of what happens because you love to see it, man. It just like every time he got the ball, he made a play. It was uh, it was an awesome performance by him. It was really awesome. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Like I, I'm still I'm still shocked at how big of an impact. And you can't even just say about this game either. I mean, this goes back against the the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Kansas City Chiefs. Fuck the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, he had a he had a critical play in the Arizona as well. Uh, but la- yeah, he probably did. Uh, he scored the touchdown last week, right? Yep, scored a touchdown uh, against the Bucks for sure. Yeah, that I'm. I mean, it says a lot like that. You know, Munt went down, and this is the guy they called on rather than the rather than Hopkins. And I mean, he's performed. It, they they made the right call. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to be upset about it. Let's let's go through some of the other guys in the receiving core, and then we get to running running backs after. Cooper Cup, eleven catches, one hundred forty two yards, two touchdowns, and that's including a drop that probably would have gone for thirty five yards. I uh, I genuinely think and. I've tried not to be too big of a homer with the MVP take because I get that it's a quarterback award. It's what like this this year really feels like the year that the NBA gave Dirk Nowitzki the MVP and he lost in the first round as the one seed. Like clearly, this is the MVP of the league this year. I, it, you don't factor playoffs in the award; it's a regular season award. But the regular season. <laughs> Numbers were good enough that in five, ten years from now, we'll be like, oh, that's the year Cooper Cup should have won the MVP. So <laughs> I, 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 still, I still think it's bullshit how much love quarterbacks get. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, quarterbacks are obviously one of the more important positions in football. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, and but, when, a, when a quarterback has a really great, like, if if there was a guy who played like Aaron Rodgers did last year, then he probably gets MVP, but there wasn't like that, and there was this outrageous season from Cooper Cup. And, and that's, that's where I, I draw the line at bullshit, because, you know, obviously quarterbacks are going to get all the love, and, and because it's a quarterback-driven league. But who says that it needs to be a quarterback award? Why couldn't it be a receiver award too? Why couldn't it be a running back award too? Uh, because a lot of these quarterbacks don't get there without these help. And mind you, there, there's uh, there's other guys out there that you know kind of get the job done without a whole lot of help. And, and Aaron Rodgers is kind of one of those guys, you know, minus. Uh, Adams, but um, you know, I, I just I I don't understand why it would be so far fetched that Cooper Cup wins the MVP. Like, it, it's the same argument you could say for like Aaron Donald being as dominant as he is to win the MVP as well. You know, back when he nearly broke the sack record as a defensive fucking tackle. Yeah, you know. That's this is you know it, it's it's all about stats when it comes to these awards and while stats are are great and it's obviously a measurement of some player's success you got to look beyond the stats sometimes and in, in Cooper Cup's case it's both it's not only just stats I mean obviously he nearly broke uh you know the single season receiving record but he also had such an impact on this team 
that clearly the Rams do not get to the Super Bowl without his presence. And and you can even go back even further. It's a, it's a conversation we say all the time that do the Rams win the Super Bowl with Cooper Cup healthy? And, and you could seriously make an argument there because uh, he, he has that big of an impact. And if you don't believe me, rewatch the NFC West championship game or the NFC West championship game. Fuck, I can't even talk straight. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, well, to that point, he was not the same player he was now three years ago. True. You know, this is it is truly one of the most unlikely just like rises in sports I've ever seen. Like he was always good. We always loved him. He's always a very good player, but he's legit like at minimum a top five receiver in the NFL today. And you could very easily argue that he's the best receiver in the league. And that is not something you couldn't even argue. He was a top 10 receiver last year. Uh, And now he's like undisputedly in that upper echelon. It's crazy. And yeah, I, I wish he got more real consideration for the MVP because he, without him, I don't even know if they're a, a playoff team this year, genuinely. Like, he fucking carried this team. You know, Stafford's been great, but the reason Stafford's been great is because this guy's out there. Yeah, there, there's no question. No questions asked. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, even even think of it this way. Let's say that Cooper Cup is the one that goes out for the season. And you have Robert Woods. Do the Rams still make it to the Super Bowl? No, I, no fucking shot. No disrespect to Robert Woods. No shot. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. And, and again, that's not a knock on Robert Woods whatsoever. Because I'm not saying that the Rams are, are going to you know, not make the playoffs at all. But, but I do, I think they go to the Super Bowl. Uh, no, I don't. You know, I, I think he has all the talent in the world. And I think the Rams do miss Robert Woods like hell. But, um, you know, it, unfortunately, that's the break sometimes. Yep. Yeah. I would love to see all three of them out there. Um, speaking of Odell, you know, it wasn't just Cooper Cup. This is probably the best game Odell's had as a Ram. Nine catches for 113 yards. I, I just feel like they're going to find a way to keep him on the team. I feel like, honestly... I, I don't know, like, my gut just tells me that they, if they have the money to sign one player, him or Von Miller, they're going to sign him. Uh, and part of that is because they're obsessed with offense. But I just, like, it seems like they are just a perfect fit. He loves being here. They love having him here. And, I mean, this, to come up this big in the NFC Championship for a guy who, I, I have never said this, I never thought this about him, like, is like a head case, selfish type of player. He's not at all clearly and uh he was huge in this game he they they don't win this game without his performance he was incredible yeah i mean it's absolutely insanity when you think about it because this is a team that has never seen cooper cup odell beckham and and robert woods on the field at the same time and look how explosive this offense is already and once Robert Woods comes back next year and the Rams are able to re-add Odell, I think that would be amazing. And it ultimately de- depends on, you know, uh, if Odell wants a certain amount of money, certainly does, <laughs> there's, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be interested in him um, because this is a revitalized Odell. Uh, but, 
I, I think he's happy in LA. I, I, I've never seen him so hyped. Like I, the last time I seen him hyped was when he was in his prime in New York. And I don't, I don't know if I seen him nearly as happy as he is in LA. So here's hoping the, that the Rams can bring him back. I, I think that the Rams are going to do everything they can, but it's ultimately going to come down to money and if he's willing to take a pay cut, because clearly there's going to be other teams that can pay him more money than the Rams can. I honestly think he will. You know, as long as they don't insult him with their offer. Like, yes. I could see teams offering him 12 to 13 a year, maybe even a little higher than that. And I feel like if the Rams offer him, like, nine in that nine range, he would take less and say here. Uh, but they can't be like, we can give you four. And then he's going to oh, be like, geez. okay, fuck off. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. I honestly think he's going to, uh, we'll see. We got a long, we, we got a ways to go. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Uh, only real other notes in the receiving box score, we, we talked about Ben Skronik. We talked enough about Ben Skronik. Yep. I feel like, you know, I always sit there, not to go back to Ben Skronik, but like anytime he's out there, I'm like, why the fuck is he on the field? Uh, and you kind of realize it why he's out there when you look at Van Jefferson having two catches for nine yards on five targets. Like they, I don't know what happened to their chemistry, but like it feels like it's dwindled a bit in the last couple of weeks. I know he has made some big plays, but like they were not connecting tonight. Uh, and I guess like that's why you Ben Skrana gets more reps than he really should is because. For whatever reason, the, the the van thing isn't there right now. Well, uh, again, I, I tend to give him a benefit of the doubt in this game. I know, I know that it doesn't excuse him for other games, um, especially recently. But um, particularly in this game, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because, um, truthfully, I don't know if he should have been on the field this week. Um, it, it was obvious that he he was kind of hobbling around. He was uh, he did come out of the game at some point, but went back in. So um, I give him credit there, but I, I just don't think he was a hundred percent. And I I don't I don't know if his mind was in, uh, in it as well because of uh, him hurting. But uh, hopefully, you know he he has a little bit of extra time to kind of nurse his knee a little bit. Um, and hopefully, you know, that that'll be enough time to, you know, get them healthy enough. And then maybe they can work uh, with Matt Stafford or Matthew Stafford. Um, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> at the, I just. <laughs> or Matthew Stafford. Uh, so name. they can get. 
it is his name. You know, hopefully they can get on the same page, you know. Uh, I, I Like I said, I, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for this game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, the running backs in this game, Cam Akers, 13 carries, 48 yards. Came off the field a little bit, was banged up, but he ended up coming back. Sonny Michelle, 10 carries for 16 yards. Johnny, I'm going to be honest with you. I have absolutely no takes about the backfield tonight. Like, literally none. I Not positive or negative. I just have nothing to say. I mean, they, they did a solid job overall. Yeah, they're considering... all right. <laughs> I, I mean, you have to consider that this is a, a an excellent, you know, defensive front. And, and really, the path to the Super Bowl was against nothing but talented defensive fronts. Uh, I guess that's what you expect in the playoffs. But, um, you know, all things considered, Cam Akers did an okay job. Uh, Sonny Michelle showed up on a play here and there. Uh, but, yeah, it was all, it was all the passing game, if I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah, yeah, and and they they did just enough to set up the passing game, so yeah, it's fine. Um, before we get to the receive or the defense, so like last week, I it was either last week or two weeks ago. It was definitely during the playoffs. Sean McVay threw his first challenge flag of the year, right? Yeah, and boy, uh, did we see why he held on to that flag for so long? What is somebody not advising him? on what he should and shouldn't be challenging because both challenges in this game were fucking insane. They were two of the biggest mistakes of his career. Like it it didn't really amount to anything, but the fumble, especially like they didn't show the replay on the broadcast of that. Uh, You saw just him challenge. I was like, okay, well it must've been close. It was not close. It was not even remotely close to a fumble. Like I, the, the the fourth and one like that also wasn't close but it's like sure okay maybe maybe there's something on there uh and it's like whatever all right like why the fuck not but the fumble wasn't even close yeah i i i feel the exact same way like on everything like the first challenge for the the spotting i i could kind of understand why he did it i mean it's easier to to kind of judge from home when you could see it in slow motion like a million times. Um, but for him, you know, obviously he's watching the screen and, you know, I, I think he just did that to, you know, rally morale. I don't even know if he thought he was going to win that one, but for the second one, I'm like, what the hell was that challenge for? Like when I saw him holding on to the flag, I was thinking, okay, he's going to hold on to it. He's not going to throw it. Right. And he throws it. I'm like, what the hell is he thinking? He's clearly not going to win this challenge. And ultimately, he didn't. And again, like you said, it didn't amount to anything per se. But that is huge in more games than it would not be. Because that alone, you're losing timeouts left and right. And thankfully, it didn't matter in this game. But, I mean, this was an awfully close game we were in the last minutes of the game without a timeout and that can't happen. You know, not in games with the stakes this high. And look at the chiefs game last week, man. They, they didn't use their timeouts and they had the ball 13 seconds left and won the game. So it's like, you didn't have any today because you, I just don't like 
is somebody not in his ear? Like, don't challenge this fumble, dude. Like, he's been down for five minutes before the ball pops out. Like, did Aaron, did Aaron Donald just get in his face? He's like, challenge the fucking call. And he's like, all right, fine. Like, I, I just don't understand how he even came to that conclusion. Yeah, I, I don't really know either. And if, I, I mean, I would hope that there is somebody there telling him, okay, you know, it's probably best not to challenge that. But if he's still throwing the flag anyway, take the fucking flags away from him, man. Like, that, it, I, I guess I shouldn't say that either because, this isn't something that's common with Sean McVay that he, he rarely throws a challenge flag, even though sometimes I wish he would, but um, yeah, it, it was such a bizarre thing. It was just another like mistake that was so frustrating to see when you have so many other mistakes. Like it, it, it was just something to add on top of the other mistakes that just pissed me off. Yeah. And it's um, you know, it's not the challenges. It's just like, this is a guy who will randomly make these really bizarre decisions that like thinks you just like clearly overthinking and trying to do too much. And it's funny because in this same game, you know, Shanahan, who they came up together, cut from the same cloth, he did the same thing where he ran, he had, they had that play, it was uh, third and short, and they have Trent Williams lined up as like a tight end and they motion him and then run a counter to their fullback. And it's like, you're doing too much, bro. Like, why would you fucking take your best lineman and spell him out of the play and then give it to your fullback? It's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I it, it's it's like you said. There, there's always gonna be like uh, a couple questionable calls in every Sean McVay game, and and this was just it this week, I guess. Um, I have no idea why. It's just random mistakes. Sometimes they don't make a damn bit of difference, and other times they make all the difference. So um, hopefully uh, he limits his questionable decisions uh, in the Super Bowl. We we can't have that anymore. Yep. Uh, defensively in this game, they started out really good, then they got pretty bad, and then they finished really fucking good. Uh, it... There were like guy like uh, obviously Troy Reader was awful. I feel like he I feel like he couldn't tackle me like couldn't tackle anybody. Uh, I, he made some good tackles, but he made a he missed a lot of tackles. Uh, Darius Williams was uh, a, a piece of you know I, I don't know he's like the the binding uh, on a piece of loose leaf that just has a bunch of holes in it. But this defense came together when it mattered and. Got it done. Uh, You know, the pass rush, I mentioned earlier, like it felt like they weren't there early in the game. And, man, that last drive, they needed a pass rush, and they fucking got it. And ultimately ended up being a Traven Howard interception. Shout out to the Traven Howard have out there. Have yourselves a day. Y'all believed when nobody else did. He gets a game ceiling Traven ha- Traven Howard interception in the NFC Championship, uh, but shit, man. Like we mentioned, the rushing thing, man. They just they they got it done. Ultimately, if the Rams lose this game like seventeen to fourteen, it's I don't blame the defense for the loss. Uh, and they did enough to win this game, and then seven came up huge uh, on those last two possessions with the quick three and out that got the Rams the ball back right away, and then three plays for an interception. 
largely in part to Jimmy being terrible, but to their defense, they did great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the there was – it was like uh, the entire pass rush on the last drive was like saying, okay, I'm ready. Hold my beer. Because – they were almost non-existent in the in the early half of the game. Like Grappolo looked way too confident in the pocket, and, and it was because he had no, you know, he had no pressure at all. And then you saw how he folded when there was so much pressure applied in that last drive. And I'm like, Jesus, it, it, could you imagine how much the Rams would have won by if if they would have applied just even a slimmer of pressure? that he saw in the last drive. Yeah, man, he is not good. And there, there is a lot of people defending on him because he wins. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Flacco had four games where he looked like the best quarterback in the world. I don't give a fuck if this guy wins. Imagine if they had a real quarterback. We would have gotten slaughtered. Like, he is holding them back so badly. That team is so good. And they're just... Saddled with this quarterback who's just like, like can get it done if he doesn't have to do anything. Like if he sits there and doesn't have to do anything, because he's not going to throw you out of the game, but he's never going to throw you into the game. And it's just like, okay, well, like imagine if there was a real quarterback back there, they'd be a dynasty. And instead they're just letting this guy ruin their team. Uh, If he's back there next year and they don't give Trey Lance a shot or go out and trade for somebody good, they're fucking delusional. I mean, isn't that why they drafted Trey Lance? Yeah, I, I hope they keep Jimmy next year. I mean, that's what I want. I, I mean, me too. Uh, uh, but to tell you the truth, it, it says it says a lot more that they're more confident in Jimmy G in this game than throwing out the guy that they you know shelled out a bunch of picks for eh, um, I don't know I, I I disagree with that I, I feel like we've had this conversation before too like he's a raw prospect man and, and Jimmy like as I've just said he keeps winning so he, he's he's good enough that you know you're not gonna think your team is ruined by starting this year but like man they could be so much better if it wasn't him and I'm sure it'll be Lance next year but I don't blame I, I, I'd imagine so yeah it's got to be. Yeah. Unless they turn him into, like, Watson or Russell Wilson or something like that. I mean, there. I know a lot of 49er fans are hoping that Aaron Rodgers goes to uh, <laughs> goes to the 49ers. He's um, not. But, uh, he's not, dude. Somebody pointed out to me. Uh, somebody mentioned the other day. They're like, there's no way he goes there. They drafted Alex Smith over him. In a, there's no fucking way. His ego is way too big for that. Yeah. There's... <laughs> yeah i i i genuinely think aaron Rodgers goes to denver next year but that's that's a that's a whole nother issue uh you know no, nothing to do with the Rams. but um yeah i i have to i have to say though as far as uh coverage wise i am a little concerned because i mean geez it, it was exactly like week 18 where particularly Darius Williams was picked on in this game. And, I, I mean, he may need to check himself because he must be Swiss cheese for all the holes that went in, in between him, man. Like, man, he's been uh, so bad. 
it, it was like seriously, if the Rams lose this lose this game, part of it, a big part of it, is on him and Troy Reader. I feel. Am I wrong? No, no. Uh, and re- like, I know Reader didn't make a decent amount of tackles, but you can't be the starting inside linebacker and just be whiffing on so many tackles. It's like any time there was a missed tackle, it looked like it was Reader, and any time there was a big pass play, it looked like it was Williams. Uh, and beyond that, like, I don't really, like, I don't have, you know, just watching this game in real time, I don't really have any, like, guys who were the stars of the day on defense and other guys that were dubs besides those two. Like, it felt like everyone else played more or less pretty good. Uh, the pass rush should have been better, but they Devon Miller came up big late. Aaron Donald came up big late. Uh, they both made plays on that final possession. Um, so, yeah, it was like, yeah, those two were the guys that I felt like were getting picked on. And they were – it was the same recipe as Week 18 where when Ayuk was one-on-one with Darius Williams, they just went at him, and it worked, and it worked again. And when we go – I haven't said this out loud in the podcast, but when we played the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl, uh, which still doesn't sound like a real statement – uh, he's probably going to be on Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Those guys are really fucking good. It's a little scary. We can talk about that next week, but it is a little terrifying uh, that this guy's our second cornerback when week in and week out, it feels like he's getting picked on. Oh, no question. And and I, I do think Raheem Morris is, is going to – He's going to work on trying to find an answer for that. Obviously, the the game plan will be to try to get to Joe Burrow, um, which I mean, that that's kind of something that's been happening with all teams that Joe Joe Burrow has faced um, through the playoffs. And and you know, to the other team's credit, they've gotten to him. He's gotten hit plenty of times. But he still finds out finds a way to win. So, yeah. so that's got to be something that Raheem Morris needs to find a way. You know, I I mean he he needs to find a way to get coverage because uh, I I'm hoping uh, we'll get some of our players back. You know, particularly guys like Taylor Rapp. Um, but even if you get Taylor Rapp back, he's not exactly a guy known for coverage. So. Um, it, it's gotta, there's gotta be some adjustment here. Otherwise it could be a long game, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think they will adjust. Morris has been, we dragged him a lot early in the season. I mean, I don't think I did as much, but I know you did and everyone on Twitter did, I but did. yeah, it seems like he's, he's done a really, I mean, he's getting head coaching. Look, he's done a really good job, uh, lately. Uh, and yeah, I mean, the 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 positive about playing the Bengals is all those guys are really young and haven't played on the big stage. And, I mean, you could say, like, yeah, well, they made it to the Super Bowl. Well, so did Sean McVay and Jared Goff in 2018. How'd that fucking work out? Uh, now, That's I guess true. Stafford hasn't played the Super Bowl, but I, I don't know. It's I'm not I'm not going to sleep on that team. There's there's You can't sleep on that team. They made it this far. They're really fucking good. I'm happy we're not playing the Chiefs. Yes. For sure. For sure. But uh the Bengals are good, man. Uh and they've earned it. They've earned it. Uh they've earned respect. You can't sleep on them. 
anyone you want to give a shout out to on defense, I got to give a shout out to Eric Weddle, who I am not going to sit here and say, like, get a great game. I don't know if he did or didn't. Uh, I haven't really, like, broken down the game, but let the team in tackles. Like, imagine before the season, you just said to somebody, yeah, Eric Weddle's going to lead a team in tackles in the NFC Championship and lead them to face the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Like, it's just, it's, sometimes you just can't predict anything. I'd be like, you're stupid. He's retired. <laughs> it's just uh, wild. <laughs> Um, no, I, I mean, there is one guy that you have to point out and someone that I feel like has been there for the Rams all season and, uh, doesn't get enough love, um, by us included. And that's a Sean Robinson. This guy had himself a hell of a game, this game. Yeah. And he's coming up lately. It yeah. felt like he was invisible for a while and, and he, he's been making his presence felt lately. Big time. And, and and you know what? Um, He's a big part of the reason why the ground game just was not there at all for the 49ers. So I, I, I'm giving a major kudos to Ashawn Robinson. He had himself a major game and uh, just absolutely loved what I saw out there from him. And, and hopefully this can continue, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl. We can certainly use um, him, his skills out there because uh, – uh, there's a lot of weapons on the 40 or on the on the Bengals. So, yeah, major shout out to Ashawn. Yeah, a great game. Uh and of course, a shout out to Aaron Donald. Came yeah, up with the, I mean, with the game-winning play. That's our guy. That that goes without saying. I mean, this if there's any anyone that's going to show up for you week in and week out, it's going to be that man. E- even if he doesn't register a sack or anything like that, this is a guy that disrupts offenses like no other one's business. Joe Burrow is going to, going to struggle against this guy. Uh, I'll, I'll say that much. Yeah. Well, in Burrow's defense, he got sacked nine times against the Titans and won the game. So that's yeah, something <laughs> so, that Matt Stafford couldn't do. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Do. Thank you. Uh, I posted today uh, before the game, I posted a list of players who contributed that are on the team. The last time we're in the FC championship. And it was only, Six players, Aaron Donald, Andrew Whitworth, Rob Havenstein, Tyler Higby, Johnny Hecker, Sean McVay. I know some of these players have won Super Bowls in the past, but these guys are going to be hungry, man. There's a lot of new faces, and, and I mean, you know those six guys I just mentioned really want to win this fucking game next week. I wonder if Kendall Blanton was technically on the team. Well, like Cooper Cup was on the team, uh, but he didn't play. Joe Noteboom and Brian Allen were there. Kendall Blanton might have been on the practice squad. That guy's been floating around a long time. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely quick curious now if he was on the practice squad because I feel like he's been around for so long, but he's never actually made it, you know, like an active role on this team like he has the past couple of weeks. 2019, so he just came in. A lot of guys came in in 2019, like Darius Williams, Taylor Rapp. Uh, David Edwards all came in 2019. I guess Bland did too. Uh, news to me, but uh, I Johnny, I put out on Twitter that we were doing the pod and asked uh, people to drop their thoughts or any questions below. So I'm gonna read through the tweets. Uh, our guy Phil the Muffin Man apologized for his all, all his McVeigh takes, but he did not want to lose to the Niners again. We did it, Phil. <laughs> we fucking did it. Uh, Nicotine asked if I was at the game. I was not at the game. Uh, Johnny, you weren't at the game either, were you? No, I wish. I, I looked at the prices and my wallet just cried a little bit. <laughs> Shout out to the coalition on Twitter. 
uh, everyone that was getting people tickets. Ultimately, we were still really outnumbered by Niners fans, it felt like. But who fucking cares? We won the game. Hey, not- I, I have to give a shout-out to uh, all the 49er bandwagoner fans. They can go back to <laughs> cho- to rooting for a team. You'll probably be a Bengal fan at, at this point, you know, when you get this podcast. Um, not that you knew who was actually on the 49ers, but, like, it, it was a trip to see some 49er fans that come out of the woodwork. I'm like, where were you when the 49ers sucked a couple years back? I I know for a fact there was so many bandwagoner fans. Um, but, yeah, uh, to the truly faithful 49er uh, fans, I mean, hats off to you guys. You you guys truly uh, showed up both times in, in SoFi. But uh, sucks to be you. Yeah, I'm glad you spent $3,000 to watch your team fucking choke. Uh, thanks for coming, boys and girls. <laughs> Hey, whoever you are, uh, somebody at overreacting a bit uh, said this game was close due to bad coaching decisions. Great win. One more to go. You're overreacting a bit. That wasn't the only reason it was close, uh, but that was one of them. Uh, Angelo said, let's hope the Super Bowl game is easier. Yeah, please. Um, yes. Please. And hey, Johnny, our guy, Norm Hightower asks. Will they beat the Bengals? Absolutely. Of course they will. Yeah, come on. We're not going to come on this podcast and say they're not going to beat the Bengals. I... Let, let me add a little bit to that. So here's the thing. I feel like the Rams were tested a lot in these playoff games, particularly in areas that I feel like they struggle with. And the final hurdle to kind of get past their – you know, uh, season woes was climbing that last mountain was that was the 49ers and they fucking did it. I do not see them going back to SoFi Stadium. <laughs> That's nice. Going back to SoFi Stadium and losing the Super Bowl to the Cincinnati Bengals. Not going to overlook them. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit here and say that the Rams have a good shot at losing this game because I, I think they win. Yeah, I'm not going to overlook them either. They are a good football team with a lot of good players, and we'll talk about them uh, on our next podcast for sure. But it's both teams kind of have some Team of Destiny vibes, but it just feels like our year. You know, we I do not think we are the best team that was in the playoffs this year. But every team we've played, I think we were the better team. And I think the same for Cincinnati. If it was Kansas City, if it was buffalo if it was green bay i don't think i would have said that but teams are getting upset and i don't know i don't know man it's well i mean you could say the same for a lot of super bowls i mean do you really think that the bucks were the best team last year i don't yeah the 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 best team doesn't always win for sure and it doesn't matter you know the team that comes out at the end of the day wasn't we are one of the best teams so shit man um as long as we get a fucking Lombardi trophy, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. Yep. Damn, man. Uh, they really did it. They really did it. I, it's a lot of faith going into the game and then not a lot of faith for a while in this game. Uh, but they're going to the fucking Super Bowl, man. What a treat. Uh, I'm getting a shot after this, man. I, I'm just so hyped up. And uh, I I got to give a shout out to OBJ. For going over to show some sportsmanship to Debo, 
because uh, that that was that was awesome. That was nice to see. Yeah, and a shout out to Debo too, man. I don't know why Rams fans feel like they need to call him like a scumbag or like this guy's so cocky, like blah blah blah. Yeah, of course he's fucking cocky, bro. He's very good and he's whooped our ass for a long time. And it, I like Debo, but damn, it feels good to finally beat that guy. Uh, now we cannot say he's undefeated against us. My it, my rebuttal to that is what you 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 don't think that any other wide receiver has been cocky. You don't think any of the Rams wide receivers are cocky. I think it's like a mandatory thing to be cocky and be a wide receiver. Like seriously, I don't, I don't know any great wide receiver that wasn't cocky. Like I I seriously couldn't name them. It's, it's weird. Some people like it really offended. Like when anyone says a mildly negative thing about their team, it's not exclusive to Rams fans. It's every team. Like, like people get so up in arms when Kurt Warner picks against the Rams. Like who Fuck fucking cares, man? <laughs> like who cares? If it was it'd be one thing if every week he just like got on TV and was like, Well, the Rams suck. They are a shit organization. <laughs> Matthew Stafford's the most overrated quarterback. Like if he came and just blast him every week, it's one thing. If he picks the Niners, he doesn't owe us anything, man. And we don't owe him anything at this point. Like, it is yeah. what it is. He's a Rams legend. He doesn't need to pick us every game. Uh, I'm sure he still loves us. He just made a movie about us. Yep. Yeah, I, I still have yet to see it. I need to see it. Yeah, I, I'm waiting until I can watch it for free. I'm not going to lie. It does. I don't feel like it doesn't look that good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons why uh, the Cowboys fan base hate Troy Aikman. Yeah, I don't get it, man. They, like... It, it, like, I don't think Kurt Warner hates us. If he wants to be associated with the Cardinals more, that's fine. I don't really fucking care. Like, he doesn't hate us. In the end, he brought us the Lombardi trophy. That's all. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And, like, not the place for this conversation, but, like, we did move. Like, yep. we moved. Okay. Those guys didn't play for the Los Angeles Rams. So they, they really don't notice anything. No, not at all, not at all. And uh, I and for the record, I don't think Kurt Warner hates the Rams. I, yeah, he I just think doesn't. I, I just think that you know he's trying to be objective, and he's not gonna get very far as a as an analyst if he's gonna root for his team week in and week out. Sometimes you just gotta be realistic. And if if he were to pick the 49ers this game, I don't think he would be. In, in the minority, I think he was in the majority. So, yeah, I, I I don't think you should call out Kurt Warner at all. No. Yeah, well, who cares? We're going to the fucking Super Bowl. Second yeah. time in four years. Uh, you got any final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? Just uh, go Rams and uh, thank you for getting to the Super Bowl. And a shout-out to the Rams because not that we were going to watch it anyways, but now you guys can all not act like you have to watch the Pro Bowl because our boys won't be there. <laughs> they will not. And uh, I still don't fucking understand why the NFL insists on having the Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl. It just never made sense to me. Um, but... I guess it doesn't matter anyway because it's not really that fun to watch anyway. So, 
Yeah, it's dumb. It's all dumb. Uh, and it's impossible to make that game a good product because no, af, af, nobody's going to get hurt in that game. Football is too violent of a sport. You can't really like have a meaningless game and it be entertaining. Okay. <laughs> See you guys next week. Bye.